Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. A lot going on, that's for sure. No one's ever going to accuse us of uh, going to sleep. Amen. One of the great things that we've been able to partner with in a small way really is uh, with uh, High Point Life Church out of Clang in the church planning program into India. And I want to invite Pastor Stephen to come. If you would, give him a hand, would you please, as he comes. What a great, wonderful story. Fantastic. Pastor Stephen, great to have you back here. Uh, Your journey with us actually began, sheesh, a bunch of years ago. Rebecca was preaching that morning. That's right. I was talking to her this week. And she said, I remember that service and I remember what I preached on. And, and that was the beginning of a journey that you've had with Metro for years now. So it's for us, you being here is a bit like, you know, your brother who just happens to live somewhere else who turns up, you know. So yeah. thank you for being with us. And we turn up every year. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm great. glad to be here with you. Yeah. The church in Klang is just such a wonderful church. If you have friends in Malaysia, High Point Life, that's with an E on the end of the point. Yeah. Uh, High Point Life Church, look it up. And uh, it is a wonderful church doing some amazing things, particularly in the India. Uh, how many years have you been going into India now? Our first exploratory trip was in 2016. Okay. Uh, so... We really started in 2017, so it's been about five years now, wow. five years plus, almost six years. So dazzlers, because I know these figures, how many churches are there now connected to High Point and C in India now? Okay, High Point Life, there are 60 churches now. 60, six, six, zero six zero in five years. Yes. That's not bad. Uh, yeah, not bad. <laughs> uh, and there are further 19 churches that have, uh, independent churches that have joined the INC umbrella. So 80 churches all up yeah, in five years. Yeah, 79 churches. Above. And the 60 churches that have been planted out of the church planting school, because this is your, this is the third intake, is it, or the fourth? This is, coming the, up? This is going to be the fifth intake. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Right, okay. And out of that, and I've been there with you and spoken with the students on one occasion, and then we've had a conference together there in India. It's kind of funny to me, because India is the place I always said I'll never go. Same thing. Oh, really? You can ask Flora, yeah. Never in my wildest dreams. India, last place on the list. But, but now I go there about twice or thrice a year. Yeah. So the church planning school, you get young believers, because most of them are fairly young. Yeah. So the last couple of batches, we've had some uh, more mature ones. Right. Mature, probably in their 40s. Right. Um, but initially. Young people. Yeah, young people. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, but for India, they, they are a little bit more mature. Okay. Because the young ones are already pretty mature, actually. Wow. Yeah. So, so they go into training school for how long? Oh, we train them for between six to eight months. Wow. So we are pretty clear. We tell them that this is not a theological college or theological school. If you want theological studies, there's plenty of theological colleges in India. So we tell them that this is primarily to train and equip people to ch- plant churches. So out of the church planting school, the last one, how many of those have gone out to plant a church? Okay, we, we just had 28 of them graduate, 27 of them graduate uh, in January. We've already had 20, 
21 churches planted from that batch. Yeah. Now, this is something that I happen to know from being there with you and whatever, is that most of those churches aren't planted. You could not find a town in Australia without a church. Yeah. But in India, there's lots of... You call them towns, they're big enough for us to call them cities. Yeah, yeah. And they're going, all of them, aren't they, to a place where there is no Christian church? Yeah, so that's one of the things we tell them, that the desire is for them to go and plant a church where there is absolutely no Christian presence. So that's where the churches are. All 60 churches are in places where there have not been a church before. Wow. And many of them have gone to cities where there are no Christians. No Christians, yeah, hardly any. Um, and then they find, they look for a man of peace. Wow. And then they very often start in a home that is non, not Christian, uh, who have opened their homes for them. There's been certainly lots of amazing stories, and maybe one day we can take more time to hear from you about the whole lot, because I get these updates from you, and I think they are astounding. You know, like the young man who got put into jail for preaching the gospel there. And while he's in the prison, he continues preaching the gospel because what next will they do? You're already in jail. And he leads 31 people to Christ. 32. 32. Yeah. He's out on bail. He's out on bail. Some of the 32 people are out also. And they have joined him now. They planted another church. <laughs> and uh, he's just bought, he's just put deposit for a piece of land. He's going to build a church there now. Yeah. I don't think that happens very often at Bible College in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. here's the plan. Go to church planting school, six to eight months, grow and graduate, then go to jail, and then get the people in jail saved, and that's your church planting group. Yeah. Yeah, not sure we'd get too many Aussies put their hand up for that one, but that is remarkable. And at the moment, almost all of that is funded out of High Point Life, yeah, which is I think remarkable yeah. in itself. Yeah. And we've had a very small part to play here out of our Destiny offering, contributing into that over the years. But uh, I just am in awe of it. I really think the hand of God is incredible. I'd have to say something that you know we learnt a lot from Metro Church, so I think. Uh, High Point has taken a leave from Metro Church and we have become a, a very, very giving church. It's, we are wow. a very generous church. So I think about 70% of our budget goes out of the church for mission work. Uh, and that is a testament to the people we have in, at High Point. So I'm really thankful to God for that, really. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Tell us, how much does it cost to invest to plant a church there in India then? Okay, we, we, we also tell our, the, the prospective church planters that we don't have much to give, but we would support them with 100 Aussie every month. Just 100 Aussie every month. So for how long? For three years. So the first three years, uh, we completely help them, we support them. After three years, they are supposed to be Financially independent. Wow. Uh, but we are always there for them. What kind of people are they reaching in their churches, by the way? Generally Hindus, uh, except for a couple of them who have intentionally planted churches in fiercely uh, Muslim, um, Muslim areas. Wow. So, yeah. So basically it's Hindu areas mm-hmm. uh, and 
some couple of them are in specifically Muslim areas. Wow. Yeah. Look, we love you. Thank you for being with us today. Well, I know you're down here on holidays, but we wanted to get the opportunity to speak to you. And Flora and Jen and Irene as well, welcome. Thank you for being with us. We love, we've sent teams to High Point Life at various points and yes. uh, Tendai's up in Broome right now. Hi Tendai, I think she's been there with you. And uh, we want to pray for you and pray for the work there. We appreciate you know, that. Yeah. You and I have had lots of conversations about this and about what's possible and about yes. what can be done. And we are going to be asking other churches around Australia to partner in this great work there in India. And I'm just believing God is going to continue. I, I hate the thought that it has to slacken off simply because yes. there's not enough funding to be able to help sure. those churches. So how about we pray together? Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit like, wow, uh, but let's pray. Father, we thank you for Stephen, for Flora, for the whole team at High Point Life. Thank you for Pastor Putty and for those that continue to go up there into India. We pray for those young couples and young single people, Lord, that go out to plant churches. Father, we pray your divine protection over them. We know it's so necessary in that country where they are, in those states. Father, we, we ask your Lord that you will open up the windows of heaven and pour out abundance over this church and over these people. Lord, that you said you're no man's debtor. So Lord, we believe that you'll bless the church. Lord, bless them with their own building, their own place, something they own, not something they lease. Yes. Father, we ask you to open the doors for that yes. supernaturally, the doors that have been shut. Lord, let them start to come open. Lord, let them even this next month or so get that phone call. We want to have a conversation with you about it. So, Father, we believe for that. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Bless Stephen. Bless the team, Lord. Amen. 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 If any of you are interested to talk to Pastor Stephen, he's around after the service for sure, if you'd like to know some more about it. Today we begin a new series on called Grow and Build. We've been speaking about vision for about the last four months. And uh, I really felt that the Holy Spirit put on my heart that it's time for us to change our mindset and start to think about growing and about building. You need to understand that everything that God creates, He creates with the capacity to grow. Let me go through some scriptures quickly with you. Genesis 1 verse 11 and 12 talks about uh, the, uh, the fact that there is all the, the vegetation, etc. that was uh, God created. And He said, let it reproduce after its kind. Then in verse 22, it's the same with the birds and the fish. Verse 24 is the animals. Chapter 1, verse 28, God says to the man that He creates and the woman, He says, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Even the universe, we are told by science now, is continuing to expand. I read a book recently written by this man, Anthony Flew, who is one of the world's foremost atheists. I say he was one of the world's foremost atheists. He was up there with all the famous atheists that write the books and get uh, you know, interviewed about their thoughts about why there is no God and there can't be a God. But in his latter years recently, this man came to faith and declared that he believed there is a God who made the earth 
and that he believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He wrote this book called There Is No God with the no crossed out and the A put in it. And he says this in this book that he changed his, well, actually, would you like to hear what he said? Uh, I'll read it to you. Get ready for the science lesson. He emphasises the fact that a gene is nothing but a set of coded instructions with a precise recipe for manufacturing proteins. Most importantly, these genetic instructions are not the kind of information you find in thermodynamics and statistical mechanics, whatever they are. Uh, rather, they constitute semantic information. Uh, in other words, they have a specific meaning. These instructions can be effective only in a molecular environment capable of interpreting the meaning in the genetic code. Are you still with me? The origin question rises to the top at this point. The problem of how meaningful or semantic information can emerge spontaneously from a collection of mindless molecules subject to blind and purposeless forces presents a deep conceptual challenge. What does that mean? He says the discovery of the genetic code changed his whole thinking because within genetic code, not only is there the instructions, but they specifically carry the instructions to replicate themselves. He says, how is such a thing possible? That's like thinking that your software you use on your computer randomly arose out of electrons connecting to one another. He says, says that's got to be ridiculous and it forced him to rethink all the articles he'd written, all the conversations he'd had, all the interviews he'd given uh, about the fact that there couldn't be a God. He goes, this has to be the work of a divine being. He says, there is no way that life can arise from non-living matter. Now, I'm not trying to give you a science lecture today. I'll leave that for the brighter ones that are there. But it's interesting to me that the deeper we go into science and into discovery, we begin to find the idea that God created us is the only logical explanation. That a faith in God is the only thing that makes sense. And that God created a world deliberately and supernaturally with the ability to be able to grow, to represent itself. The reason you're here is because way back in the beginning, God supernaturally put something invisible that up until 50 years ago, people did not even know existed. And then we discover it and all of a sudden we have to throw out all the theories that we used to have and go, well, maybe there is a God. And this man, it's interesting that this guy who was the most well-known atheist uh, going around, that all of his fellow atheists began to condemn him and say he's obviously gone senile. Simply because he said, I followed the evidence and knew there had to be a God. So in the natural world, growth is expected, but so it is in the spiritual realm. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2, as newborn babes crave pure spiritual milk, so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. What you and I have now is not the end. It's the beginning. There's more for you. You are meant to grow from where you are now. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I don't care how much of the Bible you know. Well, I do, but I don't care how much you are if you think I've got enough now. 
because according to this, we are meant to grow into a full experience of salvation. And the word salvation doesn't mean punch your ticket for heaven. It means the wholeness and the fullness of Jesus Christ. And I have yet to meet a person on planet Earth that I could walk up to and say, you are perfectly like Jesus. Don't know about you. I know some people think they've arrived. But there's more to come. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. Dear brothers and sisters, we can't help but thank God for you because your faith is flourishing, another version says growing, and that your love for one another is growing. In other words, I'm not meant to stay in this size capacity for loving people. I'm meant to grow my faith. Maybe I've got faith. Maybe you've seen lots of miracles. Well, I've seen a lot too. But I'm challenged by the fact that no matter how many I've seen, there is more that are possible and I'm meant to grow. Ephesians 2 verse 21 and 22 tells us that the whole body of Christ grows. We've heard about some of that in India. And if you were here last week, I talked about the five certainties in your future. And I spoke about the, what is happening around the globe. Jesus said, I'll build my church. Make no mistake about it. The greatest days of the church are these right now. While some people are battening down the hatches and worried about governments and worried about legislation. I'm telling you, the gospel will continue and it will prevail in Jesus' name. And the gospel will prevail in the Kimberley and people will come to Christ and this nation shall be changed in the mighty name of Jesus. Why? Because that's the kind a church Jesus planted and is working on. Colossians chapter 2 and 19 says that He holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments and it grows and it grows as God nourishes it. So naturally you're meant to grow and spiritually you're meant to grow as well. Now, please don't take this as a, well, you know, I, I haven't grown. Well, that may be your past, but it doesn't have to be your tomorrow. You can decide today, God, I'm going to press into you. I know that when I came to Christ those years ago, I do not know how to explain it, but there was something of the Holy Spirit that lit a hunger in me that has never gone away, that has never, the light has never gone out, a hunger that says, God, I'm in this for all of you that I can get. I'm in this for all that you want to do. God, I don't want to stop at that boundary. I don't want to stop at that obstacle. I don't want to stop at that offence or at that disappointment. I want to continue on, God, because there's so much more and I haven't grown enough yet. That's why I keep telling you I'm going to live to a, such a ripe old age because I reckon it might take me that long. Let's go to a story of a group that said we are growing and what we're going to do. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 1. This is out of the Old Testament, of course, the prophets Sons of the prophets said to Elisha, there's Elijah, most of you have heard of him. Well, his successor is this young man, Elisha. And he's just come out of the River Jordan where Elijah gets taken up into heaven by a whirlwind and chariots of fire. And as he goes, he leaves behind his mantle, which was the symbol of his prophetic power and his connection with God. And Elisha has asked him, he said, I'm, I'm going to stay with you to the end. And Elijah says, what do you want from me? He says, I want a double portion. He said, I just don't want to grow as big as you. I want to grow twice as big. What a bold and audacious kind of spirit to have. 
But you know, I find God loves the people that just don't want to let go. Amen. The Syrophoenician woman who came to Jesus and said, my daughter lies at home grievously vexed of a devil. She was spiritually oppressed. All kinds of mental torment was going on. And Jesus said to her, you're not part of the covenant people. I'm sent only to the Jews. You're not a part of them. She said, Lord, but even the dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall off the table. And He looked at her and He said, great is your faith. Let it be unto you as you have asked. And the Bible says that her, his, her daughter was healed at that very moment. And it seems to me like she just said, you know what? I'm not, I'm not just going to accept uh, what looks like a no. I'm going to press in for more. God, I'm hungry for whatever you have. God, surely, surely I love hearing about the miracles in India. I love hearing about the miracles in Bulgaria or the miracles in the Ukraine or in Afghanistan or Nepal. But I don't know about you, but I would hate to think that God moved across the entire earth and yet the nation of Australia Australia stayed cynical and stayed ungodly and stayed in some way or other pushing God out of their world. I believe that God wants to change this nation as much as any nation on the planet. I don't believe that spiritual hunger has got to be equated to natural poverty, that because they're poor people and after all their medicine is so terrible. That's why God does miracles there. I believe that somehow or other God can awaken a spiritual hunger in the lives of people in this nation whereby there will not be a church building big enough to be able to hold the people that will want to come to Christ. The place where we dwell, they said, is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. And he answered, go. And then one said, please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I'll go. So we went with them and then they came to the Jordan and they start cutting down the trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. It came off. I've had that happen with an axe where the top came flying off and you just learn, check the axe before you use it. Just a handy hint there for whoever's got to chop something later. He cried out, listen to it. He said, alas, Master, it was borrowed. It's not even mine. And the man of God said, where did it fall? He showed him the place in the water. What's this? Elisha does this. He picks up a stick and he threw it in there and he made the iron float. You go, that's a fairy story. Well, no more fairy story than the person I remember turning up with x-rays showing that had a lung removed and then God gave him a new one. I don't think any miracle is impossible if you believe there's a God. Because if he's a God and he doesn't do miracles, that's a weird God, quite frankly. Therefore, he said, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and he took it. The place where we dwell, they say in verse one, the place where we dwell is too small. Listen to this this morning. I want to give you some things that I trust will help you in your growth. And that's for every one of us. You may be in the building first time. You may have lifted your hand before and said, I'm going to give my life to Christ. Good, start growing from today. Or maybe you've been here for forever and you are right here at the start. And you go, Jeff, I've grown so much. Good, let's press in to grow more. But I know this about these people that their move came because of growth, not the other way around. I'll say that again. 
the move that these sons of the prophets make came because of growth, not the other way around. I met so many people over the years who are chasing increase and it's always over there or somewhere else. If I go to that church or I go to that place, then growth will be there for me. But these people discover that growth was where they were and that growth brought about the movement, not the other way around. They didn't move looking for better and bigger. They outgrew where they were. I'll let that sink in for a minute. They outgrew where they were. God, I hate this job. God, I hate this family. God, I hate this career I've picked. How about growing where you are and outgrowing it and then watching God shift you? I've met so many people who jettison what they've got, chasing something they haven't got, hoping that the process will take them to a bigger and better place. It's interesting, I'll throw this in for those of you who want to think about this a bit. Where do they say we want to go for growth? Jordan. Why Jordan? Because they've just watched Elisha come out of the Jordan with a double portion. And they're going, it worked for him. Maybe it'll work for me. Let's go to where you were. You had a miracle there. If I just go to where you were and had a miracle, maybe I'll get it. And instead of that, they go there and lose their resources. Just something for you to think through. I believe that our job is to grow bigger where we are. Joseph ends up as the prime minister of the entire nation of Egypt, the most powerful country in the world at that time. Why? Because he just kept outgrowing his surroundings, that's all. When he's in Potiphar's house, he rises to the top from a slave block to the master of the house. He just kept growing bigger. And when he gets chucked out of that into a jail where he doesn't deserve to be, he doesn't go, this isn't fair, suck his thumb and say, that's the end. I'm never going to trust God ever again. He just says, you know what? I'm in jail. I may as well run it. He says, I'll rise to the top. Listen to me. Are you rising to the top in your job or are you just doing it? Huh? Well... It's not much. It sucks. I'm just waiting for something better to come. It gets very quiet when you bring the pointy bit in. Huh? Huh? Are you rising to the top or are you standing at the bottom complaining about everybody over you? It's very quiet. It's about as quiet as online is. Mm. I know I've got a yes, yes, amen there. Thank you. Think about it a minute. Our job is to outgrow where we are right now. Grow bigger than where you are. What's your issue you're facing right now? Oh, come on, man. Look, I, I don't live in some fake world. I wish I did some days. My world's like yours. It's got problems. It's got issues. It's got obstacles. It's got difficulties. And I can either go, well, not my fault, their fault. They shouldn't know. Why don't they? But what I try to do is to say, God, would you help me grow bigger where I am? Amen. Mm. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Let me think about it. Mm. 
Our job is to grow bigger than where we are. Here's number two. We grow with, not alone. Verse three, they say, come with us. We don't want to go on our own. We need people with us. I've observed over the years of this church that the people that grow the fastest are the people who serve. Now, I used to think that they grow the fastest when they serve because somehow or other, you know, God just loves what they're doing and He anoints them and appoints them and it's beautiful. Mm, Cue music in the background. Hallelujah. I feel your anointing. Lord, you're with me every day. Hallelujah. And then you open your eyes and all those same people are still there. I used to think that God just kind of did it one-on-one. And then after a while, I began to realise that the reason people grow so much they're serving is because they're not doing it alone anymore. You cannot serve in this church without serving in a team. That's what makes it so powerful. Now, you may be the host team out there sweeping the front of the footpath, the sidewalk, or whatever you may call it where you're from, before church. You may be the one helping people, welcoming people. You might be out there in the cafe. But whichever one you are doing, you're doing it in the team. And that's why you grow. We grow with, not alone. Here's number three. We grow by what we own. You you don't grow by the food someone else eats. Thank God for that. I've heard people say, you know, I just get fat looking at it. And I look at them and say, well, it actually isn't the way it works. The cream bun in the shop. Amen. It's only what passes the lips. I never said that. These people are trying to build with what's borrowed. Can I say to you, you'll never grow as a Christian by what you borrow from the internet, from social media, from somebody or other else. I don't care how famous they are. A lot of people are trying to grow by something that's borrowed. But you won't grow in faith by what uh, Joyce Meyer believes or Joel Esteen believes or whoever your favourite TV preacher is. You will listen to me. You will grow by the faith you own. Amen. You'll grow by the faith you put into practice where you are. Amen. And so if I want to grow, God, what a, I need to own your word in my life. Because we grow by what we believe, what we have convictions about. Why does Jesus say so often, according to your faith, be it unto you? Why didn't He say, according to my faith, because I'm the Son of God, I'm the Messiah, and I have got the lot. Hello. Woo. I walk on water in the afternoons just for fun. Well, he didn't, but if I'd been Jesus, I would have. I would have just gone, I would have walked everywhere. I would have been down there fishing at Dunsborough, seen the salmon come past, I would have walked out in front of them. I would not have cast my line, I would have dropped my line. And then as all the other people on the shore were going, I would have said, doesn't everyone do this? Jesus never said according to your faith, According to my faith, he said, according to yours. We grow by what we own. Let me just go quickly here and, and bring this to a close. Matthew 4, verse 4. 
A lot of you will know this, this verse. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And some people say that refers to the Bible, but it's not the word logos. It's the word rhema, which let me give it to you. It means a word you heard, not a word you read, not a word you heard someone else say, but a word you heard. Man will not live by bread alone, but by what that person hears God say. There's a million opinions, opinions, probably a billion by now. There's all kinds of stuff, but it's what you've heard. That's why what Vicky taught on that uh, Life in the Spirit night a couple of Sunday nights ago, and the teaching's still up on our YouTube channel. But that's one of the reasons why that's so important for you is that when you read the Bible, you're not trying to accumulate information. You're trying to download revelation. God, what do you say to me? Because you build with what you own. In Acts 19, verse 13, is the story of these Jewish exorcists. And uh, they're going around. They've heard that Paul is casting out demonic spirits in the name of Jesus. They go up to a man who's possessed of all these devils. And uh, they say to him, we adjure you. That's King James. All right. I don't know what it means in modern English. It just means we come on here. We adjure you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. And the devil spoke back to these Jewish exorcists and said, Paul we know and Jesus we know, but who are you? See, they were trying to operate out of what somebody else could do, not out of what they, listen to me, you grow from where you are. Don't be worried, you go, I don't know enough of the Bible. None of us do, I don't. Start where you are, read it every day. Let it talk to you. Don't just read it and go, done that job, click like eating your breakfast. Finish that, pop down the vitamins, here we go. Let it speak into your life. I've got to stop. We don't grow by the food in the supermarket or the restaurant, but it's the food we eat and absorb. Amen. I believe God's got more for all of us in our life and in our world. In Jesus' name. Father, help us, we pray. Every single one of us, Lord, I believe that you want us to grow into mighty men and women of God. I believe that there isn't a person, Lord, listening to me this morning or over this week to come for whom, Lord, you don't have a divine plan for them to be larger spiritually, stronger spiritually, to have more faith, a greater capacity to love others. Lord, there isn't one person listening this morning who doesn't have the ability in you to grow to more than where they are. So, Father, we pray you'll help us. Light the hunger in us, we pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, some of you might just be joining us online now and you weren't there at the beginning when we prayed with people that wanted to receive Christ. Or maybe you did that then, you go, Jeff, I I knew it, I meant it. It was important to me. But what does it mean? What do I do? That's why a few years ago, we started this thing called Yes Text. Because we wanted to be able to disciple you, that is to help you grow even if we couldn't be where you are every day. This church, you know, it's not like every day I can come to your house or to your workplace and I can start saying, here's what the Bible says and let's pray together. But with Yes Text, I can come to your house. I can come to your workplace every single day. We can share the Word of God together. We can pray together right where you are. And we send that to you every single day, completely without any strings attached. It's our joy to help you grow. All you got to do to get that is 
send the letters Y-E-S, yes. Simply send that through to the number up there on the screen, 0488826392. Or yes.metrochurch.org.au, either way. One will get it back to you as a text. The other one will get it back to you as an email. And you get it every day for 30 days. If after the 30 days you say, I'm hungry for more, well, good thing we've prepared more. And it's all free, no strings attached. We won't use your name, your, your details of any kind in any way. It's our desire to see you grow in Jesus. Send us your yes. Father, we thank You for today. I thank You for those people who responded to You earlier in the service. You alone know their journey, where they are, what they need to do, how You're going to help them, but I know You'll go with them. You'll go with the people, Lord, that right now are sending a yes text wherever they are around the world. On that email, they're sending it through and Lord, You're going to reach them and help them in Jesus' Name. Amen. 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 I want us to sing together that song again. Your Name is Jesus. I love this song. You could have sung that for the next hour and I would have loved it. What a brilliant thing to be able to declare the Name of Jesus to a world that has often got very little hope. So we're going to stand together now. If you need prayer online, Pastor Bruce is going to be uh, leading the online prayer for that there. Ray and Kate will be out in the prayer space. Let's stand together out there for that. Cafe will be open. We'd love you to be there. Invite a friend to Mother's Day. Celebrate Women's Day, we call it here. Invite them next week. They'll be so thrilled that you have. Come on, let's go out with this beautiful song echoing out of our heart. Lord, we're lifting up the Name of Jesus. Come on, let's do that together. Heart and every mind. Cause I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus.
listen, my time's well and truly gone, but I'm just going to ask the team just to keep singing it for a minute. If you want to go, God bless you as you go. I know people will need to do that. Kids are waiting for you down there and Metro Kids and Pastor Ray and Kate are already out there ready to pray with anyone needs prayer. Please don't leave with a, a need in your heart, in your life. Don't leave just going, well, I'll get it next week. Let us pray with you. If you've got to wait a minute or two, that's fine. We'd love to take the time to pray with you. We're believing for your life to grow and to be enriched. Reach out to the people around about you. In Jesus' name. Come on, team. Let's sing it as people are going. You can go. God bless. Thank you for being here. It's awesome. Shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets.